the face of God being in every sunrise. You know that's scriptural? Because the Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. Amen. The brightness of his eyes in every uh, sunrise. What an amazing thing uh, that really is. He is a beautiful Savior today, and I'm so thankful for what he's done in my life. Take your Bibles, please. Turn with me to Mark chapter number 2. Mark chapter number 2, and we're going to be looking at the first 12 verses. Today, I want to preach to you on the subject of what happens when Jesus is in the house. What happens when Jesus is in the house. Let's read together. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And again, everybody say and again. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Isn't that amazing? He preached to them uh, the word of God. So what you have here is the living word, the word incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ, preaching the written word um, of, of, the, of the Bible itself. What an amazing thing that is. Verse 3. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born afore. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doeth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Now watch this. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, they so reasoned within themselves. He said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts, whether it is easier to say of the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, <coughs> excuse me, Arise take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. Verse number 12. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed. And the Bible says then they did something. They glorified God. Listen how they glorified God. Watch this. We never saw it on this fashion before. Let me tell you what I'm praying for as your pastor at Mount Zion Baptist Church. I'm praying that God so does a work right here in this body of believers that we can all leave here continually saying, we never saw it on this fashion before. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Lord, we need you. Without you, we can do nothing. But I believe with you and through you, we can do all things. Lord, I'm praying right now by your power, Holy Spirit, you would take complete control of these services. You would have your way and your will. Lord, use me today as your mouthpiece to speak your word to your people by your power. Lord, for these things, we're going to praise you. For you alone are worthy. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, right here in Mark chapter number 2, verses 1 through 12, the Bible tells us plainly what happens when Jesus is in the house. Now, we're going to look at five points that's given to us right here in these 12 verses uh, very quickly, then we're going to be done. The first thing that I want you to see is the people that were there. Mark chapter 2, starting with verse 1. The Bible says, and again, he entered into Capernaum. Now, if it says again he entered into Capernaum, that must mean he's been there before. He's been there before, and we find that 
that recorded in Mark chapter number 1. Now I want you to flip back just one page in your Bibles to the first chapter of Mark, starting with verse number 21. I want you to see what Jesus done in this small town of Capernaum. Now to give you a little bit of geography and let you know where Jesus was whenever he was speaking to these people, you need to know that Capernaum was on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. It was simply a little sleepy uh, fishing village uh, out in the middle of nowhere. And Jesus came in, showed up and showed out and done what only he could do in the lives of these people. I mean, he turned this whole place upside down. You see it there in Mark chapter 1, starting with verse 21. Watch what it says. And they went into Capernaum and straightway on the Sabbath day, meaning Jesus and his, his disciples, on the Sabbath day, he, meaning Jesus, entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine. Does everybody see that? The, the word astonished means to stand in amazement. And so they were amazed at the words Jesus was preaching. Now why were they amazed at the words Jesus was preaching? The rest of the verse tells us. Listen to what it says. They were amazed at his doctrine, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Let me tell you what these people were used to. These people that were sitting in the synagogue that day in Capernaum were used to a bunch of dry, dead, dull sermons given by people who had a whole lot of religion but no relationship. Amen? They, they had seen this time and time and time again. They would come into the synagogue there on the Lord's Day, which was the Sabbath at that time. They would come in and hear this sermon from the Word of God, this message from the Word of God. But even though it was from God's Word, it lacked no power. It lacked no authority. There was nothing in it that was drawing men to be changed. And so when Jesus came on the scene, the Bible says they were amazed at what he was saying. Listen, because he too was preaching the Word of God, but as he preached the Word of God, he was preaching by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now let me say something to you folks. When you've got the preaching of the Word of God coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit, it always changes hearts and changes lives. If there's one thing I want, if there's one thing we need right here at Mount Zion Baptist Church, if there's one thing I certainly want you to be praying for me about is that God would give me utterance that I might make known the mystery of the gospel boldly unto all of those who come in this place. Not by my power, but by His. Jesus preached to them not just having a symbol of religion, but He preached to them because, listen, He had power through His relationship with the Heavenly Father. Amen. And the Bible said everybody was amazed by that. They were blown away by that, by what he was saying, and the power by which God was doing the work. Now listen to me, folks. I want you to know something. People today, they're not uh, at all interested in religi religiosity. Can you say amen? They've had enough of that. Those dry, dead, dull services where you just go through the motions. People today are not interested in churchianity. Where we again just come and go through the motions. They don't want that. They've been involved in that. They're tired of that. Matter of fact, they're running from that. What people want is the power of God doing a work that only God can do. They want to be a part of that. They want to experience that. And the good news is, we can have as much of that as we want. God is not hiding from us. Can you say amen to that? Like I told you this morning, if we choose to draw nigh unto Him, He will in turn draw nigh unto us. It's almost like, well it is, God is just saying you move first. 
We talked about that this morning in our men's group. Dr. Evans, in, in his study that we went through today in the Kingdom Man study, that's what he kept saying. Listen, if you want to see God move, you've got to be the one who moves. You move first. If you want to see God bless you, you move first. If you want to see God work in your ministry, you move first. Act in faith. Believe God's telling the truth. Walk by His statutes and see what God does in your life. Amen. Now that works on an individual basis, but it also certainly works collectively as a church body. I was blessed this week. I was talking to a brother just this past week, and he said, you know what I like about Mount Zion? You know why I'm coming to Mount Zion? He said, because y'all ain't going through the motions. Well, praise God for that. I feel like shouting. I never want to go through the motions. Let's just not do what we're doing because that's what we've always done. Let's not just get by. Let's be desperate for the power of God. Because without that, folks, we have nothing. I don't care who's preaching the sermon. I don't care who's teaching the lesson, who's praying the prayer. If we don't have the anointing and the power of God at work in us, at work on us, and at work through us, we cannot experience what God has for us collectively as a church body. Oh, we need Him. we got to have Him. And without Him, we have nothing. So I'm thankful when God chooses to bless us with his manifest presence among his people. That's what was happening there in Mark chapter number 1. Not only was Jesus preaching with authority by the power of God, but look on down, verse number 23. And there was there in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone, what have we to do with thee, the, uh, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know who thou art the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. Now get the picture. Jesus walks up on the scene and the demonic spirits that were uh, in uh, a person there in the synagogue started crying out for fear because they realized whose presence had just walked into the place. Now, now listen to me. Get a hold of this. Folks, we need to respect the power of Satan. Satan has more power than I have. Satan has more power than you have. And for a season, God has given him control in this earth as the prince and power of the air. Now the only power Satan has is what God allows him to have. But he has more power than me, and he has more power than you. So we certainly ought to respect Satan and his power. But let me tell you this now. I want you to get a hold of it. Listen to me. We ought to respect Satan and his power, but we never have to fear Satan and his power. Let me tell you why. Because my Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. How many of you understand this morning? Listen to me. When I trusted in Jesus, a lot of cool stuff happened. My sins were forgiven. My name was written down in the Lamb's book of life. But let me, let me tell you something, folks. At that moment, I was indwelled by the precious Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, now lives in me. Jesus in me and the person of the Holy Spirit. So if Christ is in me, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So even though I respect the power of Satan, I don't fear him. And you don't have to fear him. You just keep serving the Lord. You just keep being faithful. I love seeing when Jesus walked on the scene, the demons themselves trembled in fear and cried out, begging the Lord not to harm them. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus is doing all of this in Capernaum. Then if you read on down, you'll find in verses 29 through 34, he heals Peter's mother-in-law. 
So he's healing the sick. He's casting out demons. He's preaching with authority. That's what he did the first time. So when he came back, it's no surprise that it was noised abroad that he was in the house. I mean, the word got out. Everybody got to talking. Y'all remember that same Jesus that was here just a few weeks ago? You remember the one who was casting out demons in the synagogue? You remember the one that healed Peter's mother-in-law? You remember the one that was doing all that stuff that only God can do? He's back. He's going to be preaching at this house. Y'all all come. Can you say amen? You talk about a visitation pro program that works. That's what works. When you leave here fired up, about who God is and what He's done for you, and then you go out everywhere you can and tell people what God is doing right here in this place, people want to be a part of that. So do it. If God has spoke to your heart, if you've experienced the power and presence of God, don't keep that a secret. In Capernaum, it was a small town. And y'all all know it's hard to keep any secret in a small town. Can you say amen? <laughs> Certainly hard to keep a bad one. I'm telling you, that news travels faster than anything I know. But now, it ought to be hard to keep a good one. And so if God has done something in your life, let it be known. Testify to that. Listen, leave and tell everybody about what God has done for you. Now, I'm not saying that you leave and tell everybody what about just about Mount Zion Baptist Church. That's not what I mean. Folks, listen to me. Our main goal is to reach people for the kingdom of God. So when I leave, I just say, man, God's been with us today. He's blessed us. He spoke to my heart today. And you ought to do the same thing because the same God who can and does speak to your heart will speak to other people's heart and he can change their lives just like he has yours. Just like he has mine. So we bring all honor and glory to the Lord Jesus. We lift him up because the Bible says if we lift him up, it'll draw all men unto himself. Amen. We just keep praising him. It was noised abroad that he was in the house. And when it was noised abroad that Jesus was in the house, listen, people came from everywhere to hear what Jesus had to say. To see what Jesus was about to do. Let me tell you why I come to church on Sunday. I'm afraid I might miss something if I don't. Amen. He said, well, Brother Israel, you're the pastor. We pay you to come. Well, that's true. But I'm going to tell you something. Even if you wouldn't pay me, I'd still be worship in the worship of the Lord. Let me tell you why. I'm afraid I might miss something. I believe Jesus is going to come meet with us, and when Jesus meets among people, he changes hearts and changes lives, and I don't want to miss what he does. I don't want to miss what he does on Sunday morning. I don't want to miss what he does on Sunday night. I don't want to miss what he does on Wednesday night. When God's people meet together for the purpose of worshiping him, I want to be a part of it. Let me tell you why. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. Because nothing, 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 nothing is more important than that. So, it was noised abroad. He was in the house. <laughs> well, praise God. And the house filled up. Now, a few years ago, I went to a church, a church growth seminar. And I really wish, in a lot of ways, I'd never went to that church growth seminar. Because a lot of what I learned in that church growth seminar was useless. It was man-centered, not God-centered, it spoke a whole lot of it being a seeker-friendly church. Let me share something with you. I'm not a seeker-friendly church. I don't want to have a seeker-friendly church. I don't want to be a part of one. Let me tell you why. Because I'm not here to please the seeker. I 
we're here to please the Lord. And if it pleases the Lord, I'm all for it. Now, if you want to be a part of that, praise God. Come, let's get in on it. Amen. <laughs> it talked about all that stuff. Another thing it talked about was location, location, location. You've got to be in the right location for church growth to take place. Let me say something to you. Location certainly helps. When you're around a lot of people who have easy access to the place, that can help. But let me say something to you. God is bigger than location. You say, brother, how do you know that? I know that because of what happened right here at Capernaum. They're off up on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee where nobody's at, out in the middle of nowhere, and all of these people throng to this house and fill the place up, not because of location, but because of the power of God. Now, if y'all hadn't noticed, we're not in the best location. I ain't too bad worried about it. Let me tell you what I am worried about. Making sure we honor Christ in all we do. Amen. Making sure we stay true to the Word of God. Making sure we stay, stay desperate for the power and presence of God. Making sure we're reaching out and touching people's lives. Making sure we're fulfilling the mission, which is the Great Commission. That's what I'm concerned about. And that's what you ought to be concerned about. Let all that other stuff take care of itself. Let God do the work and bring whom He chooses to be a part of what He's doing. Can you say amen to that? That's what we're going to do. The house filled up. There were many people there. Now, let me say something to you folks. Do you know that many people can cause challenges? We're, we've experienced some of that around here, haven't we? Many people can cost a lot of money. We just spent a lot of money. Right back here behind us, fix spend a lot more. Let me tell you why, because of many people. Many people can cause dirty carpets and scratched up walls. Many people can cause some hardships. But guess what? Praise God. The reason you have scratched up walls and dirty carpets and the reason, listen, that all of this stuff has to take place because of many people. And we're not concerned about scratched up walls or dirty carpets. Let me tell you what we're concerned about. The heart and soul of men, women, boys, and girls that are going to bust hell wide open if we don't tell them about Christ. So let's not worry about things that don't matter. Let's worry about things that have eternal value. And the only thing that has eternal value are the hearts and souls of men, women, boys, and girls. Amen. Amen. So there was many people that came to this. Don't you want many people? I hear people talk about it all the time, well, crowds don't matter. I disagree. Crowds do matter. Numbers don't drive us, but numbers matter. Let me tell you why. Because the more numbers you've got, the more we're spreading the gospel. The more people that get to hear about this Jesus who has changed me and changed you, the more numbers we've got. So I pray for numbers. I want numbers. I'm doing everything I can to get numbers. Can you say amen? I'm so thankful to see all these people having babies. That's just one way we can get numbers. I'll take church growth any way I can get it. Can you say amen? amen? That's just more people we can share the truth with. I'm just saying numbers are important. They do matter. There were many people there. Now let me, let me tell you why I say that. Because a lot of people today that I've been around 
are very happy with us four and no more. They want to keep their little group because as long as they can keep their little group, they can keep power. Folks, listen to me. The power is not to be mine or to be yours. We are not the head of the church. He is. All power is his. I'm just glad we got to get in on it. So we want as many people, just like right here in Capernaum in that house, we want as many people in this house as we can possibly pack in here. Amen? I love people. God loves people. Jesus died for people. We want many people. So that's the people. But let me share something else with you. Also notice, listen to me now, very quickly. Let's look down at verse number three. Not only do I want you to notice the people, but I want you to notice the purpose. The Bible says, Mark chapter two, verse three, and they come unto him, listen who the they are. They came unto him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. One sick, four people carrying him. Now, the Bible don't give us these four men's names. It doesn't. And I think there's a reason for that. See, these four men, their names are not given because, how many of you know, it's not, the purpose is not about these men. It's not about what they're doing or what they're not doing. It's not about them getting credit. It's about them getting one to Jesus. Now, the purpose that we have as the people of God is not about what we do or what we don't do or what we get credit for. The purpose for us as disciples and followers of Christ is that we get as many people to Jesus as we can. And that's what these four men do. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. A lot of people say, well, brothers, when I get to heaven, I'm going to look up Paul and I'm going to look up Peter and I'm going to look up David and I'm going to look up Daniel. And I'm going to look up all these great men and women of God that I read about in Scripture and I want to hear what God did in their lives. And you know what? I do too. I can't wait till we get to experience that. I want to do the same thing. But let me tell you who else I want to look up. I want to look up these four brothers right here. I want to look up these four brothers who truly realized their purpose who truly realized it was not about them, it was about this one they had to get to Jesus. I want to look up these brothers who had the faith enough to realize if they could just get their friend to Christ, everything could change. Whew. Boy, we need some four like these men. Amen? They got to the place where Jesus was. There was people packed in the door and packed around the windows and packed in the house and they couldn't get in the door, they couldn't get in the windows, all because you had the presence of God, Jesus himself, God incarnate in the flesh, the Son of God and God the Son. God was there, but the Word of God was being preached and when those two happen, people get hungry for that. They're hungry for truth. And so, they come they can't get in. But now listen to me. That didn't, that, 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 that didn't hinder them from fulfilling their purpose. And let me say this to you. Do you know that their purpose is your purpose as a believer? And their purpose is my purpose as a believer? Take your Bibles, turn with me very quickly over to Romans chapter 10. And let's look down at verse number 13. 
Romans chapter 10, verse number 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe it, say amen. amen. <laughs> Praise God. Whosoever falls hopeless and helpless down at the foot of the cross and trusts in Jesus for the forgiveness of sin, calling upon him for salvation, can be saved. I love that. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah wrote, Lord, who hath believed our report? Look, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So this is the progression. See, for a person to believe, they've got to hear. And for them to hear they have to be a preacher and if there's a if you're going to preach you got to be sent to preach the message and you say well brothers well, that's where we got you you say that we're called to preach and I'm telling you you are called to preach listen you don't have to just be behind a pulpit pastoring a church to be called to preach every disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ has been called to preach this glorious gospel you say, brother, well, how do you know that? I know it according to Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8, right before Jesus ascended back to the Father, he's standing there on, the, on the, uh, uh, the, the place where he ascended back to the Lord, and he's speaking to his disciples, and he said that they are to go back to Jerusalem, and when they get there, they are to wait for the promise of the Father because they will be given power to become witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, he spoke that to his original disciples. A disciple is nothing more than than a follower. That's what the word means. Now, his disciples in that day were called by the power of God to preach the gospel starting in Jerusalem to the uttermost parts of the earth. Starting in where they were and preaching everywhere across the street and around the world. Now that was true for his first disciples, but how many of you know, we too as believers are followers of Christ. We are disciples. Everybody, if you're a child of God this morning, say, I'm a disciple. You are a follower of Christ. Now, the same power that endowed those first believers to go out and preach the gospel has also been given to us by the person of the Holy Spirit when we trusted in Christ. Listen to me now. We were baptized into the body by the same Spirit. Amen. Amen. And now by that power, we have been sent to preach the same gospel they were sent to preach. And so Matthew 28, 19, Jesus, right before he ascended back, said that his disciples were to go into all the world making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We call that the Great Commission. In the Great Commission, we find our mission. Listen, folks, the purpose of these four in Mark chapter 2 is our purpose, to get as many men, women, boys, and girls to Jesus as we can possibly get. That means your husband, maybe, your wife, maybe, your kids, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, people at your workplace, people at your school, people you come in contact with on a day-to-day -day basis as God opens the door and gives you opportunity. You get as many people to Christ as you can. How? By the preaching of the gospel. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. You need to see the people. Oh, but listen, we've got to see our purpose. Amen? Do you know there is no plan B? The scripture says if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. If anybody's going to share Jesus with the world, it's not going to be the lost. It must come from the saved. And so as we leave this place today, 
Think about the people that are in your life. Remember your purpose God has called you to. You have been sent. And as you go, share the truth of who Christ is. Let me tell you what you do. You do it with your life, yes. By the power of God, you make decisions daily that would please God and be a light in a dark world. Amen. But now listen to me, folks. Preaching with your life gives you the platform to then preach with your lips. When people see you walking with the joy of the Lord, with the peace of God, with the love like only God can give as you reach out to those around you, when people see you living a Christ-like life, they will want what you've got. They will ask you all kind of questions of why you are the way you are. And as that takes place, that gives you the platform to then share with your mouth who changed you and who can also change them. That's your purpose. It's people. Reach out to people this week. Everybody stand together, please. I told you I was going to give you five, but I just don't have time today. We'll finish that up maybe tonight. But the Lord just burdened my heart this week. I think a lot of times we make it about everything else. When Jesus died for people, He's concerned about people. And folks, we ought to be concerned about people. Let me ask you something, child of God. When's the last time you shed a tear over somebody who need to be saved. Because you knew if they didn't get saved, they were going to bust hell wide open. When's the last time you spent time on your knees in prayer, praying that lives be changed by the power of God? See, that ought to be on our hearts as Christians on a daily basis. Somebody needs Christ in your family, in your friend group, at your workplace, at your school, somebody around you needs Jesus. Maybe today at this invitation time, you'd like to just come and get on your face before the Lord in this altar and ask God to start convicting that heart and drawing that one unto himself. I believe that's the first step, I really do. When God's people get concerned enough to start praying for those who need Jesus, maybe it's your daddy, maybe it's your mama, maybe it's your sister, your brother, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, whoever it is, you know they need Christ. Well, listen, pray that the same God who once convicted you would convict them and begin the process of drawing them unto himself. Pray for that today. Pray for that today. I'm telling you, God is able. God is able. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. God is able. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep praying. Keep asking. Jesus said if you ask, you'll receive. If you'll seek, you'll find. If you'll knock, the door will be opened unto you. So I'm asking you today. Ask, seek, knock. Pray that God has His way and will. Maybe you want to come pray for your church. Hey, if you're looking for something to pray for, come pray for your pastor. I need your prayers. Always. Maybe you just want to come and talk to the Lord about something that's going on in your life. Maybe you need to be saved today. You've never yet trusted in Christ. Guess what? He's still in the saving business. The same Jesus who has saved me can and will save you. Would you come today 
This is your invitation. You'll be closing the service. Maybe you need to join this church. Maybe you need to be baptized. I don't know what God's put on your heart, but I know this. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. So today, today, right now, whatever God's doing in your heart, you come. You want me to pray with you? I'd be glad to pray with you. If you need to be saved, I certainly want to share with you in the Word of God what it means to trust in Jesus. Some say brothers don't need to be saved. I guess what I'm trying to say is this, folks. If you have been saved and you're looking for a place to serve, place to worship, place to be a part of the body of Christ and fulfill God's mission, you come help us. If you hadn't been saved, won't you come let us help you? And I'll share with you through the Bible, through God's Word, what it means to trust in Jesus. It's up to you. It's your invitation. Brother, play for us.